Okay. This is probably the first Flatten Scrug song I remember singing and learning right here. I love it. Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. Join me as musicians tell their stories about how they became musicians and the stories along the way. Miles and miles of hard ground Till you lay your body down Soon as morning rolls around You're up and gone again Kinda free, kinda trapped Wanna smile but gotta laugh It all kind of overlaps When you're out here in the wind Older and younger than you ought to be You've seen too much, not as much as you thought you'd see Well, some men see a hill and feel like they just ought to be On the other side The good Lord made the rambler Devil taught him to ride. Making twenty or saving ten till you get that ache again. 
spend whatever you gotta spend to take away your blues. Thirty days is awful long when the road you're riding on makes you weak instead of strong, and you got something to lose. A little older and younger than you ought to be. Not as much as you thought you'd see Well, some men see heal and feel like they just ought to be On the other side The good Lord made the rambler But the devil taught him to ride than you want to be You've seen too much Not as much as you thought you'd see Well, some men see heal And feel like they just ought to be On the other side The good Lord made the rambler But the devil taught him to ride the good lord made the rambler but the devil taught him to Yeah, my name is Darren Nicholson, and I'm a bluegrass musician, play acoustic music, Americana, country, roots music, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm from a little community called Tuckasegee, North Carolina, which is in, in Jackson County. I'm up where the Great Smoky Mountains meet the Blue Ridge. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful area. Yeah. Oh, I love it. A lot, of, a lot of good traditional music up there, too. Well, that's that's kind of my story, how my story began with music. About everybody in my family played music uh, to some extent. My dad was an old-time fiddler and also played honky-tonk country guitar. And, right. And so um, in our house, um, we listened to the Grand Ole Opry a lot, and so, you know, the records sounded like um, – traditional country music but also bluegrass and, right. and my parents really didn't differentiate between country and bluegrass it was all kind of the same music right and uh, you know that's uh, that's kind of the way I, I got into music it's about everybody in my family played played so you were around it from from the get-go it was odd I was born in in 1983 but I was raised like it was 1963 well that you know? and that is part of, the, of of Western North Carolina I mean it is a bit particularly it's not as much now but really it was sheltered from the outside world to a degree yeah for sure my life was you know I until um, I was 10 years old and that's when my parents got divorced and I ended up moving to Buncombe County which is yeah. you know just west uh, sure. I was living in Candler west of Asheville right and you know where i was raised in tuckasegee you know i would go to school and kids were listening to like popular music right. and uh and they were um they had cable tv and the little community i was in we didn't have cable right we had one channel and it was blurry yeah and uh, i do understand that and so um you know a lot of the i didn't realize how different my childhood was until i got into middle school yeah and in high school when i realized i was Wow, I'm, I'm not. I'm missing some these stuff. Kids. Yeah, I was missing yeah. a lot of stuff. But and oh, I say that and now, looking back, um, being being raised like I was, basically we were hunting and fishing and sure. in the woods or playing music. Right. And the only entertainment we had really was like the radio. Yeah. And I know that sounds. I sound, you know, 
like a. You sound like you're my age. I'm seventy. Yeah. and I grew up the very same way. Yeah. You know. But, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I was. It was a little. It was a little different existence, and I. I didn't. I didn't realize how different it was until I got, until I got older. But now I'm kind of thankful for that because I was introduced to all this, roots music, which, um, I, I don't know. It's it runs much deeper into your soul than a lot of popular music. You yeah, know, a lot of fad music, mm-hmm. and. And so I'm I'm thankful for it now. It was a little odd adjusting and going to. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. And having a real thick southern mountain I, twang, you know. I understand. I <laughs> I came out of Winsboro, South Carolina, which is the if you look and find the middle of nowhere, that is it. You know, it yeah. was uh, uh, no TV. I, I in fact the only music I knew at that point that existed was blues because it was the only radio station I could pick yeah. up. You know, and I, I, I didn't know any better. I mean, yeah. You know, it's what you're exposed to. It is. You know, but it can be a blessing, too. It can be. Depends on how you look at it, you know. It can be. So did you start playing early, early on? Yeah, I remember um, my first uh, – my mom has pictures on stage of me with the family band at 18 months old. I had a little plastic <laughs> guitar. Right. And they didn't have a babysitter, so they would just take me and put me on stage. And sit. I sat there in a chair with a plastic guitar and – and there's pictures of that all through my childhood. My, I was thinking back um, in – I went to Camp Lab Elementary School, which is not even there now. It's Cullowee right. Valley. But um, Camp Lab had a talent show every year. And in kindergarten, I sang Old Rattler by Grandpa Jones. <laughs> yeah, the song, yeah. And, uh, and then in first grade, I sang Rabbit in a Log by Bill Monroe. Yeah. And, and um, first uh, – second grade, I sang Truck Driver's Queen. <laughs> <laughs> which is a very adult um, truck driving grade, song yeah. for a second grader. For a second so grader. I bet those those kids, those <laughs> uh, parents of the other kids were like, should we call DSS on this family? Uh, why is he singing truck driving songs about <laughs> yeah. girls and truck driving and pinball? <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's, that's just hilarious. Yeah. But that was my childhood. So, yeah, that is pretty early. I mean, I, I used to stick my daughter in a bassinet behind my amp. Yeah, you know, and and I thought, but but yours, I mean, you got to be on stage. Man, I tortured my son the same way. When, oh, really? When he was little, I was taking him around to jams and music. When you when you do this, and it's like it's it's not just part of my life; it is my yeah, life. Yeah, I understand. And it's been that way my whole life, and so uh, by default, my son, when he was born, he's twenty one now. Um, he's I was taking him around and and putting him in a base case he would sleep in somebody's yeah, base case sure. at a jam somewhere and and so he you know but it, there's such a community with old-time music and bluegrass there and is. jam sessions it's such a welcoming place it's a safe place to it's take a safe kids. place yeah and uh it's it's not a bad experience it's, it's a great experience yeah. i mean i mean probably mine would tell you it was a lot of times and a lot of times it wasn't you know because my my uh, my children grew up the same way, and you know it's um, uh, they still come hear me play. So I guess it didn't totally, oh, yeah. you know. So well, kids today, it's a different thing. You know, being around other other people, uh, and especially adults. I was as a child, I was around a lot of older people, right. and so in some ways, I was a lot more mature than sure. um, other kids. Um, but you know, kids today are spending all their time on the cell phone. They have they no are. social skills. They don't know how to sit at, at, at a table and play have, video games, have dinner. And, and so, you know, instead of playing video games, I was playing an instrument or yeah. I was fishing or I was out outdoors. And, and so, um, I'm, I look, I thought it was kind of rough at the time. I was like, man, we I'm sure didn't have did. anything. We didn't do anything. And, and now I'm realizing it was a pretty beautiful life. And I feel sorry for the kids who, who, who they don't know how to talk to each other they or don't. communicate, and so, you know, I drug my son around, and he knew how to be around people. That's good. Hold the door and say please yeah. and thank you. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. Yeah, you know, I got grandkids that, of course, they were around it too, and I have grown grandchildren, and sure, they they um, they listen to rap, but they have a total background in just about every other kind of music you can yeah. think of. Which most of their friends know nothing else but rap, right. but, but it was you know they also went to Shelby High School, so I mean you know rap's a big thing. Well, so. sure. So. Well, you know I love music. I love I listen to rap. I've yeah, got I you know to I've got hip hop. I've got blue. Sure. I love blues and 
that's uh, we're in the Earl Scruggs Center, and so I mean that was the one of the things I loved about Earl Scruggs is he just kept he kept changing. He was always open to new ideas. Yeah. When his kids came along and the Earl Scruggs sure. review, all of a sudden he was not afraid to plug up and no, you know, they're playing. Well, you know, I, I look at the Will the Circle um, yeah. sessions. Had he not agreed to do that, probably none of those people would have. Yeah. And that kind of changed. Um, changed bluegrass. It changed bluegrass. It, 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 it brought it to a larger audience. For sure. And, and probably kept it alive. I, I see a lot of people worry about changes in bluegrass. Yeah. But, you know, I think you have to keep it growing to keep it going. If if something's not if it's not growing it's dying it is you know and so um, the p I, I think a lot of those people they try they want to keep it small they do they want to keep it's almost like they want to keep bluegrass a secret or keep it to themselves and True. I think part of it is because I've I've seen them get pissed when they uh, they they've been uh, go support a band and it's ten dollars a ticket well then the band starts having some success and they're they're forty dollars a ticket exactly. they're like they get mad at them yeah they do and it's like that you should be happy for them sure they don't and i think a lot of promoters they don't want it to grow oh promoters because, don't because no. because if they can get a band for twenty five hundred dollars sure. they want to keep paying them that as opposed to paying ten thousand sure. when they you know and they they so promoters and some of the fans want to keep it small and it's hurt the industry it's it hurt has. the musicians and it's hurt the growth of bluegrass that's something i always loved about what Earl Scruggs and Bill Monroe did. These people who are so staunch traditionalists who who want to follow Bill Monroe and Earl Scruggs, well, if you want to do, if you really want to be like Bill Monroe and Earl Scruggs, what you'll do is grow the music yeah. and you'll try something different. I and you, you don't, Earl didn't learn to play exactly like somebody else. He, right. he came up with his own thing and, and he was a revolutionary. And and True. and and so was Bill Monroe. So if you really want to be like those people, then don't do their songs. Right. Do their own songs just like they did. Yeah. And don't play just like them. Play. Right. Do your own thing. Sure. And so if you, if, to me, that's the spirit of this. Is. This music is change. I use bluegrass, and we live in North Carolina, so this is a pretty good analogy. Beach music, uh, shag music. Yeah. You realize that is dying a hard death and will be dead soon yeah. because no young people play it. They haven't geared themselves towards a young audience. They haven't yep. expanded their audience. And they'll die. And their audience is old now, yeah. and it's going to die. Also, yeah. most of the songs, I mean, they they don't have the songs anymore. And the beach yeah. bands I know are all pop bands. Yeah. So, I mean – but bluegrass well, that, is bluegrass is doing better. Bluegrass is doing better, but it it's at that place too, and ha, and has been where, if you keep singing about cabins yeah. and singing about how life was a hundred years ago, sure. you're not going to get young kids interested. You're not. You have to sing about life. You have to change the music. You have to you know be open minded to you know different instrumentations and like i you know i love bluegrass with drums yeah and and the early bands that did that jim and jesse the osborne brothers see rocky top has drums actually a lot of the flat and scruggs had drums exactly. people just don't want to believe that they they they, they don't they i think when they think of drums and bluegrass they think of like sticks yeah. or motley crew as somebody like spinning over the stage in a cage sure. with pyrotechnics but you know, it's hard to get any more acoustic than a drum. And, I agree. And, and that's what makes the music dance. Jimmy Martin loved it. You yeah. know, he mm -hmm. always wanted He said, man, it, it, having that beat. That's another innovator. Yeah. That's another guy who didn't just stand straight with, with traditional bluegrass. Well, all the old guys, um, the Stanley Brothers, Reno and Smiley, Flat and Scruggs, Jim and Jesse, the Osbournes, Bill Monroe, all of them, they knew that they all tried to sound different. True. And one thing that's hurt bluegrass over the years is all the bands try to sound the same. Oh, they if, do. When, when the Lonesome River Band came out, and I love that band, oh. every band in the world tried to sound like they them. did. And you know, and it's like you in 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 from a from a fan music standpoint, that's fine. But if you if you've got a business, if you treat your band like a business, you have to have a different product. Yeah, from the. The, and Bill Monroe, those guys, they weren't selling the same thing. No, they weren't. They were all had their own thing to sell. And so that's where, you know, when you see innovative bands that come out that don't sound like anybody else, like 
the infamous string dusters yeah. or steep canyon rangers or um, awesome range <laughs> but I, awesome range is, is unique you know I mean, uh, but um cadillac sky whatever those you know those sound like more progressive kind of bands but at the same time they're not they're just not trying to rehash to beat the dead horse you true. know billy strings yeah you know people want to hate on billy and billy billy he he pays his dues to to the traditional stuff but then he he'll stretch it you, you gotta know? do your own thing you do you know you know I mean, I, yeah. i've never seen so much hate since early new grass on a on an artist you know uh, they want every they want everything to be the same but a, a wise man told me one time he said if two things are exactly the same one of them isn't necessary <laughs> well that's a pretty wise man that's and pretty so wise man that's just and that's what i'm trying to do in my career is take a guy who who does it the best i think is marty stewart marty but i'm, I'm trying to take my roots and the things that shape me um as a child and and all all through my my youth and you you'll hear shades of that in my music but i'm also trying to write new songs right. and, and write modern songs that aren't about cabins right. and logging and sure. mules and and so yeah. um and so that's it, it you can have um you can have a foot in the past with also a foot you know i think that's the best forward. way to be successful at it yeah you know, to leave something that matters yeah. when it's all said and done. Well, when you hear even like an original song that I've written, you know, it might it might sound like something from yesterday. Yeah. But, it, but it's I'm trying to do it in a different, sure. just a different spin on it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what you have to do. I, I really do, because um, there again, you don't grow, you go. You know what and I mean? Yeah. So so something's not growing; it's dying. Yeah, I mean. And well, we'll take we'll take another thing with you while we're on you. Yeah. You know, I've also seen you with Telecaster in your hand, which oh, yeah. is not a traditional bluegrass music. No. Instrument. Well, well, like I said, you know, we we grew up listening to Grand Ole Opry, and so when um, Earl Scruggs would come on the Grand Ole Opry or Bill Monroe or yeah. the Osbournes, my yeah. dad would be like, "Hey, I like this. This is really good." Right. And then when Merle Haggard and George Jones sure. came on the Grand Ole, he's like, "Hey, I like this. Yeah, this I is like really that. good." That's pretty so good too. It wasn't yeah. like. I don't know how the music has gotten segregated over the years because bluegrass and country were a lot closer. They were. In the 50s, 60s, 70s. And then all of a sudden, it's like they drew a line in the sand and said, hey, this is bluegrass. This is bluegrass. This is country. And usually when I, somebody's telling me what bluegrass is, it's somebody that grew up in New York and didn't even discover bluegrass until, until they, they were sure. 60 years old. And all of a sudden, they, they've got a few albums and had a few conversations in a bar and they're an expert on bluegrass sure. as opposed to somebody like me who lived it i've lived it yeah you know and so those people i, I just i kind of take them with a grain of salt but those the those seems to be the ones that always have enough time to write the articles and and complain about things online yeah. and, and 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 tell other people what bluegrass is or isn't but right. um it's just music. You know, Flat and Scruggs never called their music bluegrass. No. They called it country music. They did. And I think, uh, why? Because they played country music from the country for True. country people. Yeah, they did. You I know, mean, country people bought those records. And sure. so it wasn't, um, and they didn't They didn't want to call it bluegrass because Bill Monroe was playing bluegrass. Sure. And that was their little, yeah. and also once they, particularly once they left when it was Flat and Scruggs. Yeah. Then they definitely didn't want to do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it, you know, and it's part of it's the reason. It's just it's just a smart business thing. Yeah. It's like you, if if two companies make the exact same car. Yeah. You know. Well, that's why even direct in competition. That's why even in even in company in the same car company they'll make a ton of different cars that aren't really alike each exactly. other. Exactly. You know. Yeah. It's just. So. Do you want to be a smart businessman or you do you want to? You know, and there's a difference too. Like when you're making your living at it, it is even more so than say um, the guys that jam come in here and Friday jab night. on Friday yeah. or Saturday come exactly. up here on Saturdays. So a whole total yeah. different take on it. I mean, their livelihood doesn't depend on exactly. It. They're working a forty-hour week job and right. just playing for fun every now and yeah. then. But for me, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, but, no, no. But but by the same token why they're able to do that is somebody is out there doing it for a living. Yeah. Somebody's given those 
them songs to play and sing, exactly. you know, and, and at a and actually at a pretty high sacrifice to um, their life. I mean, being being a working musician is way harder than what people ever oh, think yeah. it is. I mean, it's something you love to do, but there's a lot of hate that goes along with yeah. it too. I mean, stuff you hate, you're gone. You're, oh, yeah. you're busy. Stuff breaks. You have to fix it. You know. Well, the, you you can't put limitations on art. No, you can't. know you can't. And so, uh, but a lot of those people don't have that kind of perspective, like what you're talking about. Like they realize that, hey, I'm just doing this for fun, and there are people right. out there who are actually trying to make a living. And you know, they I, I guess because they've not been on the other side of that, they they just don't look at it like that. Yeah, I think. That's one of the things I've tried to with the podcast is give people a glimpse of what it's like when you do this, yeah. you know, at, at different levels. I mean, it's totally different than what people, okay. they just, they just see the fun stuff on stage. Yeah. They don't, they don't see the years as a, as a child practicing. They don't see, yeah. um, doing laundry in the laundromat at, you know, exactly. on your, on your own only day off, you know, they oh, see yeah. stuff like that. They That's it. They don't see the sit up and the tear down. Monday and Tuesday, that's my Saturday and Sunday, <laughs> and uh, that's when I do all my laundry. and And they do see you on stage and you're having a good time, but they don't see the six hours it took to get there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and yeah. I'm away from family. Sure. I've missed birthdays. I've missed oh, Christmas. Yeah. I've missed Mother's Day. I've missed anniversaries. All, sure. all kinds of stuff. Oh, you miss everything when you do that. I mean, it's a sacrifice. Music. It's just who I am. I, I, you know, and 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 the people who who love me, who are around me, my family, they all um, were around. They know right. that that's like, okay, you've got a gig on 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 um, on my birthday. We'll celebrate it when you're off exactly. four days later. Sure. You know, it don't really matter. You know, yeah. they realize that when you play music, you just kind of go. And and there's a, uh, I, you know, I've I've delved into the business side of of music and been. Um, serious about that, and and I appreciate that part of it. But uh, the last couple of years, especially in my personal life, and and during the pandemic, I realized that you know it's not all about um, m- making a living. It's not all about um, pursuing this dream as much as it is just one show at a time, trying to make people happy. Yeah, because. Uh, when music goes away, um, you know, I did a lot of gigs that, that weren't the most glamorous and they were not um, fulfilling, soul-fulfilling oh, yeah. gigs. You know, we all do the gigs. Sure. Like one night I'm playing in a theater where, you know, people have bought a ticket to come see right. me and it's real fancy and that's great. But then the next night I'm playing in a chicken wing swinging sure. factory in front of a bunch of People you know, who don't hear a word they you don't, sing. They're, they're trying to get you to shut up so they can watch a basketball True. game, you know, yeah. and they, they don't care who you are yeah. and or know, and, and it, it doesn't matter to them, right. you know. And so you're up there pouring your heart and soul out in these songs that you've written and worked on. And so, you know, a lot of gigs like that, I was um, – they, they can – give you a bad you oh, get they, a bad attitude can. yeah oh it's easy to do until a pan until a uh until you can't until do it. <laughs> a pandemic comes along and you can't do it and like yeah. man i miss getting to do rocky top and the yeah chicken wing slinging factory right. and and yeah. and so it gives you perspective and you realize it's not all about you it's about there's a lot of shows where you you're you all the shows i mean my job is to make people happy and to, to be sh- an entertainer spread joy yeah. you know and it's not all about it's not all about the art and it's not all about me and it's you know it's about sharing music with other people making them happy and if rocky top or whatever that we've done a thousand times um if that's what somebody wants to hear and it makes them happy let's do it and let's do it with a good attitude and and there's a reason people want to hear those songs there's a reason that foggy mountain breakdown and rocky top and and Fox on the Run, they want to hear those songs sure. because that one, they're great songs. They are great songs, no doubt. They are. And and so, it, it it it's it's this whole thing has caused me to get outside of myself a little bit and just have some perspective. And I think a lot of musicians are so sensitive to play music and write music. You're kind of a hypersensitive person. You are. I you mean, know? truthfully, most songwriters, it would be easier for me 
to sit here naked in front of her than it is to do a new song for her. I, oh, I yeah. could sit naked in front of you better than yeah. I could sit there and do a brand new song. <laughs> That's you it. know, my feelings my feelings are on the edge there when it's something new. Oh yeah. I mean I, I did one this past weekend and I sit there on edge like, oh, is this going to even work? You yeah. Know? Thankfully, I didn't know very many people, so. Well, that, but that's uh, just that's it. easier. It's, when it's easier. I have a hard time thing. playing for people I know more so or care about than people I completely well, sure. Oh yes. You know. Well, well I, th- I think that's that's most most. Yeah, I people. think it is. But you know, to we're sensitive people. That's, <laughs> why, that's where these songs come from. Yeah. That that are with depth. You know, mm. and uh, and so if you're not careful, you can as a musician you can make everything about your feelings oh you and, can and like this gig's all about me or how many people are going to be here are yeah. they really listening to my new song are they buying my record and it's like you know it's you got to get it to do the audience justice you got to get outside yourself and be you there do. for them you know and it's hard it's hard and for me to it don't come natural to me so I, i'm having to work on that but i'm you, getting better at it you know you were you were just saying and something that's true every every musician that that has original stuff that does original stuff there's always that cover doing a cover song doing cover song debates you know yeah but then do you want to work i mean you know I mean, exactly i mean i i can i can i can play wagon wheel and work or i can do all my own songs and not work as much probably oh exactly you know so well, there, I think you there's a balance in there. You there do is both, a balance, you know, and it's okay to do both. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe me doing wagon wheels what gets their attention for me to play so for them my to hear something song. else. Yeah. And one day, if I keep at it long enough, I'll have my own wagon wheel. Yeah, um, that's everybody's goal as a songwriter sure. to write have yeah. a Rocky Top a Rocky or a top. Sweet sure. Home Alabama yeah, or you know yeah. whatever the the and, big hit is. You know, I've asked several people who've had their one or two big hits. Do they get tired of doing them? When they, I've never had one say, no, no I don't, I don't really, I, I hate to do that song. Yeah. No. Particularly the ones that, if you got a guy, take a guy like John Prine, well, he's got a ton of them, so yeah. he wouldn't count. But you take a guy who has one or two, well, they're tickled to death. I mean, exactly. I, uh, achy, breaky heart, I, I guess uh, Billy Ray does that thing and loves it to death, you know? All the way to the bank. All the way to the bank. Yeah, that's yeah. true, too. Which does make you like something that you wrote better. Yeah. You know? Because one of the crappiest songs I ever wrote actually wound up bringing me the most royalty, and I didn't really like the song. I still don't really like the song, but I still do it. Yeah, know? of course. You know, it just it works that way sometimes. And you don't know what's going to be the hit with people either. Oh, I'm terrible. I mean? I'm the worst at that. The song that I really like the most or the one that I'm attached to doesn't always don't always do it no. yeah so I that's that's going back to what I'm talking about like being so within yourself as a musician or an artist I cannot trust my own feelings and judgments you know what I mean yeah like, I do I, and I, I hurt, really do and I've hurt myself with that before like man I know this song's gonna kill and then and people are they just don't care and then, yeah. and then you do another song and they just love it yeah and, and you don't know I why. don't really know <laughs> You know, I don't have my best interest at heart. I figured that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I've learned, too, is a lot of bands are reluctant to turn over control to someone, like even a, a manager who can sometimes say, you know, Sandy, really, that song's not working, yeah. you know, or you need to change the key on that. You know, you're close, but that you at your age, you need to take it down a step, you know. Man, th- there are so many bands that come and go out of this business and the ones who persevere are the uh, the ones who sur- the, who make it are the ones who persevere. Yeah. And the biggest part of perseverance is being able to bend. You know, uh, like uh, it's just same way with a tree that's planted in the ground. If it's real stiff and rigid yeah. in a windstorm, it'll break every time. But if true. the limbs are willing to bend and they're rubbery, it'll make it through a bad storm. Yeah. And so the more rigid you are in your thoughts of music, the business, and, and control, the worse off you are. And when you're willing to take some kind of constructive criticism right. or allow a manager to come in or say, hey, let's try this, that's why you see bands that are really good and really talented and they start out and they're doing good, and then all of a sudden one person wants to make all the decisions. Oh, yeah, I mean, that happens. there's a blow-up. Oh, yeah. And, and then... 
one person, there's no give and take in, right. in, in any relationship. There's got to be some kind of give and take. There does. And, but, but that's that, you know, you have to have a certain amount of ego to play music, to get, oh, be able to do. get on stage and you think do. that you're good enough to do this. Sure, you, you do. There's a healthy amount of ego. Yeah. But musicians, most time, myself included, the ego gets what goes way out of bounds. And that's when you're like, you want to control everything. You want to control what the band does, where you play, right. this and that. Next thing you know, the band's blown up. Yep. And so the musicians who last are the ones who figured out how to, hey, maybe I should do this. Maybe right. I should try doing it in this yeah. key, or maybe I right. should do this. Maybe we shouldn't do this gig, or, right. you know, being oh, able yeah. to I think to it give. does. I think that, I think that does. You know, I, I think that you have to have a pretty good give and take to make it last a long time. In anything. In anything. Yeah. Music in particular, because they are, musicians are fragile people. They're fragile, they're sensitive, there's, yeah. and usually some, <coughs> to be good at it, there's some flamboyant personality sure. or some crazy personality trait yeah. you know yeah. and so you know musicians are 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 different they are different normal and, people you know that's yeah. another thing too um probably everyone's not like me but you know i spend most of my time with musicians and and then when i'm not around musicians everybody seems kind of weird to me they're not funny they're Musi- not funny musicians musicians are funny. are funny they are really and funny. and uh and there, but there's it's, it, you, I'm I'm totally with you. When I'm around just normal people, they're they're boring to me. And they, and they don't get you know. I'll say you get with other musicians and you're used to to. Well, we just said something about John Prine. You yeah. know, you and me. That's not no big deal. That's a conversation we could have. But I could I could have just said that to someone else, and I would have just been wasting my breath. Yeah, who's John Prine? Yeah, who's John Prine? I don't get I don't get the analogy yeah. there. He's got so many. It's like well, but when the music bug bites you, it's like it's in every fiber of your being. It's who you are. But you know, I, and I tell people this, and they never believe it. It's also a bit of a curse. I mean, For I'm sure. seventy years old, and I'm still. I still like to go out and play about as much as I ever have. You don't ever get rid of it. I've retired like five times from the music business, and it's never, you just don't take you from can't, me. Yeah, you can't get it away from yeah. it. And, and that's, and you're, and it's. I don't know what to do either outside. Of, I mean, if I'm playing, I can do all my other stuff that I have to do. But if I'm not playing and I decide that I can't focus on yeah. something, because my whole focus has been music, I, yeah. you know. I, I got a song I need to write. Well, if I'm not playing, why am I writing this song? Yeah. You know? It's like people who play golf every day, yeah. who choose to leave their family and whatever. Yeah. They just, they play golf all, they love it. They and do. And you can tell when somebody loves something. They do. You and, can. And like you say, it is a bit of a curse because um, even in middle school and high school, like going back into my past and really looking at, I've always been on the periphery of everything. Yeah. I've always been on the outside. Sure. I never fit in at school. Right. I never had um I never had the same circle of friends. I would yeah, rather exactly. be hanging out with these sixty year old men yeah. playing bluegrass than oh, hang, yeah. going to a football game on yeah. Friday night and and so you it does there is a bit of a curse to that because um you you end up running in different circles that so you, you do and it's and it, it can be lonely oh, too because be lonely, you yeah. uh, when like you're saying when you're with a group of normal people and and then all of a sudden that don't feel right it just don't i mean i know, don't know i personally you know. really uh have a hard time figuring what i'm going to talk about you know yeah um stuff that i take for granted around other musicians yeah. and i can talk about non-musical stuff with other musicians you know yeah but you can't talk music stuff to non-musical people. I mean, yeah. You know, you, you can't, you, you can't say, true. you know, you can't say, man, I saw this mandolin today that I would just give anything to have. Okay, that's great, man. Go get yeah. it. Well, it's not exactly like I can go get it, you know. Because you don't understand this means the world to it. me. <laughs> you know? Dude, this means the world to me. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, okay, yeah. next. You know. Oh, okay, I'll give you a prime example. Mary Beth and I went to Earl Scruggs' house uh, last week to bring back. Uh, they were getting rid of the contents, and they brought back tons of stuff. Well, they let me come up here and look at it. I'm saying that they told me I could. So, anyway, it was great. It was like his, it was like his Grammy for the Will the Circle 
record. It was pictures that he had been, he had his whole entire life. I could have sit there all day looking at pictures of young Earl Scruggs and Earl Scruggs with everyone you can think of. And he, there was just tons of that stuff. Who can I tell that that's not a musician? That'll get excited about That'll it. get excited. You'll be let down. No, a guy I play with, his, his daughter is a, she's a banjo player, but a guy I play in a band with. And I hit her up because she's a young person learning banjo. And it just, you know, it just tickled her to death where, where any of the other people I know, like, yeah, well, yeah, that's great, man. Glad you had a good time. Nobody said, what did you see? You know? It's like being a baseball fan and getting to go through Babe Ruth's yeah, stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? But, but who are you, who you going to tell that? You yeah. Know? It's not a fan that can really yeah. understand. You have to get with another baseball fan. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah you do. Chuck Brodsky. Yeah. You know Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know Chuck? I don't know if Chuck, I know Chuck. Chuck, Chuck yeah, I do. Yeah, Chuck, I do. Chuck's yeah, from yeah. Um, somewhere near Asheville. Oh, yeah. And he writes yeah. baseball songs oh, a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know Chuck. So I sit and talk baseball with Chuck one yeah. time when we played a – we did a festival, and uh, – he was pretty fun to talk to about it. But then we wound up on music stuff, so. <laughs> there you go. Because <clears throat> I asked him, had he ever, you know, then we go, well, ever uh, sang the national anthem somewhere? He said, yeah, Cubs game. So. Oh, I love the Cubs. You know, so that would be fun. When I we mean, finally got cable, there were two There were two super stations, TBS, and they, they would air the Braves game. Braves, yeah. And then uh, WGN, yeah. and they aired the Cubs. Yeah. We would, I would watch the Cubs every day. I, I got so frustrated with the Braves losing that oh. I would just watch the Cubs because I knew they were going to lose. You right. Know? They didn't <laughs> yeah. let me down. Yeah, no expectations I, There's no the expectations. Cubs. but um, I stood on the field uh, with a band. Uh, I didn't actually – really sing i was just part of a band that did a braves national anthem one time you know i was the oh, bass yeah. player so i didn't really sing you know but but you it was still fun out. but i got yeah. I, yeah i got to go down there and just stand there in a braves uniform you know oh, braves jersey and that's good enough for me sang. yeah it's close enough you know that's uh we're talking about this this music thing just kind of engulfing you and that's why um i'm still like i'm really in a creative period right now where I'm I'm recording a bunch of music, I'm writing a bunch of songs. I've got a songwriting session this week that I'm gonna be doing on Thursday, but I'm I'm working on thirty demos. Wow. I've got thirty thirty brand new songs that I'm demoing right now that I wrote over the last two or three years. They pandemic song I mean, some I'm, a lot of them are. Yeah. But and I, we wrote them over Zoom, you know. Yeah, I did a lot and, of that too, yeah. But I'm I'm getting them all uh demoed to start pitching them and so I my what I'm, my goal is to get my whole catalog re- recorded and caught up. And so that's That's, that's a, good. That's I'm busy stuff. Of that and then I I just released a record back in, yep. in November called Man on a Mission. Yeah. I was so, going to get you to talk about that. And that's um it's an electric yeah. record it's all songs i wrote and it's more of a country rock record right. and so um in the spirit of bill monroe and earl scruggs i, I keep pushing you know right. i, I want to keep pushing the boundaries and it's a fine record i've, I've listened well, to thank it, you, you know very much. i like it i like it a lot i made records i produced on my own yeah. um and i know what they sound like so i wanted I wanted something different, something out of the box where people weren't ex- something. That it weren't was expected. different, but it was good. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was good stuff. Well, that's my goal. If you somebody like Daryl Scott or Marty Stewart or Tim O'Brien, yeah, like they're classic cases of me where they might do a bluegrass record, true, and then the next record might be Mississippi blues, yeah. or California country, right. or you know, it might be um, a gospel record or. But I know when I get a record from one of those guys, it could be it's going anything. to be it could be anything. Right. But I know it's going to be good. Yeah, true. And so that's uh, that's my goal. That's while, what I want to do. Is while make we're on Marty, I got to ask you: You ever seen Marty's neck? Huh? Me neither. But Mary Beth has a picture of him in a V-neck T-shirt. No kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or she says she has. I, the, she ha- I haven't she's seen. She's the only yet. one. She's the only one I know. I've never seen Marty's neck. Yeah, uh, that's a lot. He always wears those scarves. <laughs> yeah, he does. I love his his music. I love oh, his guitar playing and mandolin playing. And he, and he has such a good band. And that's a, he's had that same the same yeah. members of that band from the get. Well, Chris Scruggs, Earl's yeah, grandson, sure. bass player. Yeah, yeah, he is, which is really cool. Marty's probably my favorite mandolin player. Really, yeah. really. Yeah, he sure is. 
Marty's awfully good, and he's, he was awfully good even as a kid. I like him because he's just got his own style. It's so unique. I love Sam Bush, and I love Tim O'Brien. Yeah. Of course, Bill Monroe and sure. Jesse McReynolds. Those were my early influences. But Jethro Burns, love yeah, Jethro. Yeah, I love But Marty him. has such a – He does have his own take you on know, it. I, and I love Adam Steffi. Adam, when Adam came out in the early 90s, there's a classic case of – he he had his own thing and was very good. But then every young Manland player True. that came along tried to sound they and they sound like him. Yeah. And there's no originality in it. There's no spirit in that. True. And uh, and so Marty has his own thing. It's he so does. original and there's such a an attitude in his play. Uh, that's what I like about while, it. While we're talking about young bluegrass, you know, young bluegrass guys I see today yeah. can play a million notes. Probably they could get by with like eight hundred instead of a million. Yeah. Um, but I, I figure they'll at some point figure that out, right? I mean, is that going to be the case? Some of them will, and some of them won't. You know, I see. Yeah. I, I and some of them are really, really incredible players. Yeah. It just doesn't really fit the music. I mean, it's, I, it's, I think it's a maturity thing. And I my think it my playing, is. I feel it's like, I feel like I'm playing better probably in the last two years than I ever have. You know. Um, and and it just comes in time when you when you get older you know melody you uh, melody just play the melody yeah. and you can play the melody embellished but sure you know at least that kind of thing I I, I think that's uh, I think that's youth and just well you can never go wrong playing energy the melody. you know yeah, yeah. that energy's got to go somewhere and yeah. it's unbridled you know when they're when you're I, I was saying I'm the same way I wanted to play everything super fast and yeah and a million notes and everything and the the older i get the more simple my music's getting and i lean toward that and and uh, you know there are musicians who play to other musicians who true, don't really care about that and yeah. and you cannot make a living doing that no you can't and you have to play music for the people that's what i love about like um i never was a big fan of his singing but bob dylan's music is is very it's simple, yeah, it and is. it's for you know where the general public can consume it, right, and understand it. Merle Haggard's music was three chords, sure, and just real simple, and, right. And it's the older I get, the more I, I'm boiling it down to like the the basics. Yeah, I th- and I think that's right, particularly if you want your music to be heard. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I think it. I think a. Because listeners, and, and this sounds terrible, but listeners a lot of times are exactly what they are. They're listeners. They're not musicians. So they have patterns already set just yeah. about that, they're, that they find pleasant. Yeah. You know? And that's why people like what you're talking about, people who've had success, the bill, like Billy Strings or um, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band yeah, when that came Dirt out Band, yeah. or whatever. The most successful things in bluegrass have not been these – oddball wizards of their instrument true you know what i mean been, yeah. like bela is probably the greatest banjo player on the planet but he never had the commercial success no. like the simple music can no. yeah and there's a reason for that like bela's music it, he can play simple and he plays he can when he, he, he you know can. he's he's amazing and you know he's the best absolutely at his craft but how do you get that to relate to the general public how it's do you really how hard. does somebody like Bela Fleck sell the amount of records that Garth Brooks sells and so that's why you know I don't think Bela's trying to I think he's figured True. out this is who I am this is what I do but but I'm asking that question in general yeah. like how do you get something um that's why it's more important to me to play for the for the general public than than other musicians and bluegrass is the only music form where a lot of the fans play at some level true they yeah, they do oh yeah I, yeah but but i don't I, I i don't didn't think about that i don't i don't sell music to bluegrass fans you know i love bluegrass fans and i hope they come see me but bluegrass fans a lot of times will if they got a record they like they'll burn a copy and send it to true, 75 do. of their friends yeah. And they just kill your business. They do. And I, I've done the same thing. Sure. I'm guilty as anyone We've else. We've all done that. But like real music fans and the general public, they'll support an artist. Yeah, they will. They'll go buy their T-shirts. They'll buy sure. their hats. They'll do this. They'll do that. But um, 
in bluegrass, there's always been this competition of like, well, I play, I'm as, I'm as, I'm as good as this next guy. I'm not going to buy his merchandise when I'm as good as he is. That's how they think, you know? And so bluegrass is, it's a little harder, um, to crack, um, into the bluegrass world. Yeah. Just playing to bluegrass people. That's why if I play to bluegrass people, that's fine. But I want to take bluegrass to the general public. Right. That's my goal. Yeah. Because once they're exposed to it in the right way, a lot of times they like it. I mean, that was Flatt and Scruggs. You talk exactly. about take it to the general public. Yep. That's what they did. Carnegie Hall, wherever, yeah. people who – and this is the biggest compliment we get with Balsam Ranges. I hate bluegrass, but I like your yeah. band. Yeah. You know, I mean that is that so is a big that what is that a big tells compliment. me is there's a misconception about bluegrass one, and two that they're not exposed to it. True, you know people just aren't. If you and so I would rather take bluegrass to a non-bluegrass crowd and and just expose them to this what I think is incredible music. That's a good slant. You're the first person, first bluegrass person I've heard say that. You know, yeah. that's uh that's pretty cool. But you're right about it. Is the is the thing because I didn't even think till you said it that most bluegrass fans play themselves. They play to some level. Some level. And in their mind they're as good as oh. J D. Crow, even though they're yeah. not. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. they're just not gonna go they were not gonna support him like a fan would. Sure. They'll go spend two hundred dollars at Brave Stadium and true. get foam fingers and all this yeah. stuff, but they'll go to a bluegrass show and they won't spend a dime. That's true. You know, and it's about kill the industry. Yeah. You know? It does. I mean And so Instead of trying to be within the bluegrass industry, I would just rather take bluegrass somewhere else. That's a good idea. Well, I tell you who was great at that probably would have been seldom seen. They yeah. took that to a Washington D.C. audience yeah. basically, and and sold a bunch of records. Yeah. Just because it what they did not play a lot for the they uh, weren't fishing the, the same hole. No, they weren't. No, you they weren't you only fish. catch so many fish fishing yeah. the same hole, and, and I I want to fish a different hole. I had a uh, face face through Starling. John Starling's wife did the podcast, and she was talking about how fun it was to be the bluegrass band in Washington, D.C., and how it morphed into really bigger than they ever thought, yeah. and that they would get, she said, we couldn't believe we were making this much money playing bluegrass when we knew all these people who would come stay with us was not making anywhere near that, you know? Yeah. And it's because they took it to a non-bluegrass audience. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean Washington D.C. at that time, there was they, it was them and no one else. It's like it's like taking a product, you know, to a customer that you know. It, it's like taking and selling water to a guy who's been on a deserted yeah, island. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? I mean it's, it's pretty easy. It, yeah, it, and it, I'd rather do that than to go. Sure. You know, and that's what she was saying was the, was a really good part of it, and, and you know, and then she said it even made it better when they would take theirs to to. The traditional places, yeah. then nobody saw them that they hadn't seen them that much, didn't see them that much. So all of a sudden they were excited about it. Yeah, so, exactly. They, you know, so it can happen. It can happen. There's ways to do it, and there's different ways to approach the business. Some people make a living doing blue collar bluegrass, where they're just playing square dances sure. and private parties and birthday parties. I do that a lot. I feel you know how many contra dances and and things I fiddled at too. Yep. Particularly when I was learning. I, I touch so many things yeah. for, you know, I can play Sally Good in like 80 different ways because yeah. I was bored to death uh, yeah. playing it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I learned real quick that's not how I wanted to uh, spend my life. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be uh, the old time fiddler at every fiddle convention playing the same six songs. Uh, and I'm lucky to where I, I kind of ease in and out of both worlds, you know? I get to go play shows that are ticketed events where people True, are there to do. see my yeah. original music. But then I can I go play birthday parties and play Rocky Top and play square dances and and I and like I say after the pandemic it's I've got a better attitude about all of it. I'm I'm just happy to be playing. Well, I, I was kind of worried that I would I'm you know I'm old now. I was wondering if I was going to live to play again. You know, it's like am I going to get through this pandemic? Am I going to get COVID and die before I ever get to play another note beside yeah. on my couch, you know. But it happened. You got to, man, live it. Life is one day at a time. Yep, it is. And just enjoy it. And, yep. And just try to have a good attitude. That's that's what I've got out of the pandemic. 
talk a little bit about Balsam Range since we're here. I mean, yeah. people know, you know, they know that about you, you know. Yeah. And um, 15 years this year. Really? Balsam Range. We started in 2007 in my kitchen. Really. Um, 15 Jan- years? January, January of 2007. Wow. And uh, here uh, coming up in April 28th of 2022, we're going to do a concert at Haywood Tech. And in March or April of 2007, we did our first show. There. It was a free show at Haywood Community College, and they had to turn people away. There were people sitting on the stage, and the fire marshal had to come in. That's great. That's cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, it was a free show. If you'd have charged true, a nickel, true. there wouldn't have been enough well, for a good yeah. car wreck. But, That's true. But uh, That's true. we've been very lucky. We've had the support of the community. I think mo- we're – advantage of most bands most bands don't make it 15 years with oh, the same that's, five that's guys I would, yeah i agree yeah. i mean that's, that's another thing i was going to ask you have i missed somebody that came through i mean it's been the same line same of, five guys yeah. yeah and and in any kind of business especially in today's world if you can get five years out of anything i agree that's success particularly a band a marriage a marriage in this yeah, day and time band. if you yeah, get five years out of a marriage you're doing you're doing better than everybody else but yeah um that uh, being all from Haywood County and having the support of the community and just being there, uh, the convenience of us traveling together and, mm. and most bands are driving two or three hours just sure. to meet each other and then go to the gig. That's, uh, you know, uh, Brooke and Darren live yeah. in Cherville. Yeah. Well, you know, they have to meet up with their whole, everybody that plays with them. I mean, they're oh, yeah. meet somebody. That's every band. Yeah, it is know? every And band. so Balsam Range is very... It's rare. Yeah, you're lucky that that's We're lucky, and so it's same five guys, and, and early on we had the same kind of business goals. You know, none of us, we all knew we weren't the best musicians and singers that we just, but but we felt comfortable doing, like these are guys that, I, that are pretty serious about the business part of it. And so it's been a good, it's been a good run. Yeah. We've had almost 50 number one songs, not 50 different number ones, but we've had songs probably – 25 or 30 songs that have been number one on different charts. Yeah, so I agree. That's, and it's a good run. You've played, uh, is there any place you haven't played that you would like to play? I mean, you played everywhere with those guys. Uh, the only place I haven't played that I would love to is Red Rocks. Never, you didn't play, I've never played, played Red, Red, Red Rocks, and I would I would like to do that. I know you've done both the rhyming and the yeah. and the Opry, and I've known, yeah. um, I guess that's everything. Got to do the ry- the Opry at the Ryman one time. Yeah. Couple, yeah. Well, a couple times. That's, that's pretty cool. Winter. That's cool, too. I mean, I've done both places, but not at yeah. the same time, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know. The first time I played the Ryman was in 2004 with Alicia Nugent, and we yeah. opened for Sam Bush. Oh, that's too cool. It was a good time. Yeah, I'm sure that was really good, yeah. a good time. So. And then I played the Belcourt Theater with Marty Stewart and Connie Smith. Oh, that's too cool too. Uh, and that was uh, that was in two thousand five. The Belcourt was the home of the Grand Ole Opry before the Ryman. Yeah, it was, and, and uh, we did the Bobby Osborne tribute concert. And Bobby's one of the reasons I I play bluegrass, and so that was a really cool. That's night. cool. Yeah, that is cool. That was cool. So got another favorite place that you've done. Favorite places, man. Gosh. I love doing – I like playing at Lake Junaluska at home. That's one of my favorite places at home. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. Grand Ole Opry, the Ryman. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm trying to it. think. We, we did a festival in Taos, New Mexico last year that I really liked. Uh, I love New Mexico. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a great place. I mean, and then uh, Telluride, Colorado. Yeah, Telluride's fun. We played fun. Telluride, and yeah. that was <laughs> – Yeah. That was a that was a real trip. That's a real trip, really. And rocky grass a couple of times in yeah. Colorado, just because those are beautiful. And and then the other one, um, as far as beauty, the White Horse Bluegrass Festival in Darrington, Washington. And yeah, see, okay. that's um, it looks the stage looks right up on the, against the White Horse Mountain. Uh, and and my dad, my my parents actually got married in Seattle. Oh, They're really? both from Jackson County, both from western north carolina right. but but there's a whole bunch of tar heels that moved from jackson county out to washington to log oh yeah they were part of the big logging boom oh, in I the 50s and 60s be. yeah and so my dad went out there to to 
he followed a lot of his family into work, but he took the music with him. And so that's how bluegrass ended up. That's why they have winter grass in Seattle. But Cedro Woolley, Black Diamond, Everett, um, all those places around Seattle, Darrington, are full of Tar Heels. There were so many Western North Carolinians out there that they used to have a big festival called the Tar Heel Picnic. But just like the people from the South took the music to Ohio to work in the the factories or into uh, Detroit. A lot of them went to Michigan to work in the automobile industry. True. They took the music with them when they moved out of the mountains, and so that's how it ended up. That's pretty there. cool because really that's one of the things people don't realize. There's actually a lot of, of bluegrass in Ohio. The, oh, only, yeah. the only place they don't take it is South Carolina. South Carolina has never understood bluegrass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few spots in there, South there Carolina, but, spots, there, but it's few and far between. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and no real uh, big bluegrass act. And Afghanistan. I don't see a lot of bluegrass I, in no, Afghanistan. No, I don't think so. No, probably not. I, 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 no, Cuba. Yeah, you think they're, you think they're angry now? <laughs> yeah. Put a banjo over there. Oh, yeah. Let, let Dale sing. Let Dale sing over there early one morning. You know, that, uh, for, I think for those people that would be an acquired taste. <laughs> so, Sandy, thanks for having me on, man. Man, it's been great. Have we missed anything? Okay, go ahead, plug plug uh, everything you got so people know where to get Well, yeah, I've got a website, darrennicholson.net. That's D-A-R-R-E-N-N-I-C-H-O-L-S-O-N. Nicholson like Jack. And uh, balsamrange.com. We've got um, a brand-new double album set coming out with Balsam Range vinyl. Oh, we got vinyl. new 15th cool. anniversary T-shirts. On my website, I've got um, Man on a Mission, my brand-new EP, as well as a, I've just released a brand-new gospel project. Oh. And so uh, pretty excited about that. And be looking for uh, new music on the, on the horizon. We're always recording. That's good. And then I'm going to be at the Earl Scruggs Festival on September 3rd, which is my birthday. Oh, that's I'll be cool. 39 years old, and I get to oh. celebrate my birthday at the Earl Scruggs Festival. They've got a killer lineup. I they think do. that's in Mill Springs, North Carolina. It is. Yeah, and so I'm excited about that. So, All right. Well, so, I appreciate Please, you I'm pleading, come bring me some birthday cake and lots of it. And you, all right, you hear that? <laughs> I'll replay this, too, right at, at this. We're going to play it, but I'll replay it. If nothing else, this snippet I'm going to play. So I like coconut and chocolate. All right. <laughs> so there you go. He's put his order in. Actually, I've never met a dessert I didn't like, so uh, what, I'll be happy with whatever. All right. Well, that sounds good. We're going to replay that when the time comes, so we'll make sure somebody gets that there. <laughs> Again, thank you for driving down and taking the time to do this. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. Here's a tune called Southern Ground. Where the magnolias dance to the whippoorwill's tune And the glow of the skylight all drown out the light of the moon By the time you get back, well I won't be around Cause I'm headed home, home southern ground If I could go home yesterday, it wouldn't be soon enough. Cause life in the city for a simple man sure can be tough. It's where I'll draw my last breath when life's evening sun goes down. Tired of sinking low and low. Plant my feet on southern ground I look into the mirror And I don't like the man I see You locked up a tender heart Threw away the key I love the easy life you're not the kind to settle down So I bought a one-way ticket On the southern ground If I could go home yesterday 
wouldn't be soon enough Cause life is for a simple man sure can be rough It's where I'll draw my last breath when life's evening sun goes down Tired of sinking low and low And I want to plant my feet on southern ground When life's evening sun goes down I'm sinking low and low And I want to plant my feet on southern ground I'm tired of sinking low and lonely And I want to plant my feet on southern ground